Hey guys, it's announcement time. Coming up this week is our Summer VBS. It's a three-day event for children ages 3 to 11 from 9 a.m. to noon each of those three days. If you haven't yet done so, register your kids. Again, 3 to 11, it's a great time. They're going to have a blast. We'll have our games and obstacle courses. There'll be Bible studies, uh, arts and crafts. They'll have some great snacks. And really, it's just a great time for the kids to, to just get to experience God's love for them. So register your kids. Also, this is super duper important. We really need some more volunteers to pull that event off. So if you can, uh, you can go to the app or right on the front page of the website. You scroll down either of those and there will be a link to register to volunteer. If you can volunteer any of those three days, all three of those days, that would be tremendous. And that would be a huge help for us leading up to this event. Also coming up June 22nd, that's a Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. We will be having a night watch. Uh, this is an evening of very light acoustic worship and prayer and ministry. So it is a prayer meeting uh, that's going to be a, a great evening if you need some prayer or want to pray. Great night, June 22nd, 6.30 p.m. You won't want to miss it. With all that being said, remember, volunteer for VBS. Please, please. I'm uh, for VBS. I'm actually playing a narcissistic superhero. That doesn't seem like it fits me very well, does it? <laughs> You can just cut that part out. Anyway, let's get ready for church. Woo! All right. Thanks for joining us online. We're glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to hop into worship. It's been good all morning. And now that you're here, it'll be even better. And then I'll be talking today about goodness as we continue on in our series on the fruit of the Spirit. So get some coffee maybe, get your Bibles, get comfortable, get ready. Here we go. Woo! Good morning, everyone. Howdy. It is great to hear all of your voices and see your faces. We're looking forward to spending time with you in worship and in the word. I'm going to tell you guys what we'll be attempting to do in case you didn't know. We are going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship, after which Pastor Regina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse, and then we'll dismiss them off to their Sunday school classes. After that, then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We are in Fruit of the Spirit Part 7 today. Before we jump into any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? We love your presence, Papa. And we're here for you. We're here to sing and declare what you have done and what you are going to do, God. As we press into your goodness today, Papa, soften our hearts. We want to be people who reflect your goodness back onto the world around us, onto the people in our everyday lives. God, they need your love, and we want to be the people who give it to them. So help us to draw closer to you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Almighty and eternal God, you have given us your grace 
by the confession of a true faith to acknowledge the glory of the eternal trinity and to adore the unity in the power of your majesty. We humbly pray that you will keep us steadfast in this faith and always defend us from all adversities. Through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup, was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord, and we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again, and we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship together, and I'd encourage us all to sing out and to lift our voices as we elevate Jesus in our midst today. We're going to see the words pop up on the screens. You guys are welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. We praise you, Lord. i 
This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise you. This is what heaven looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise you. This is what heaven looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise you. This is what heaven looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise you. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. For fear cannot survive when we praise you. The God of breakthroughs on our side. Forever lift him high. With all creation cry, God, we praise you.
so good, Lord, and we worship you, God. And Lord, as we're here in your presence, would you be with us as we prepare to study your word? Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us? Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts to you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our precious children today. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them. <laughs> You're so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Hello. How are you? All right, everyone, so today's story is still comes from the book of 1 Samuel, right? And last time we saw Samuel and Saul, Samuel had told Saul, right, that he was going to be the king. And he told them, but I, you need, just need to go home for now, right? So one day when Saul was coming home from working out in the field, he heard like weird noises. Have you ever heard weird noises? That you were like, what is that? Yeah, right? I know. But guess what happened? The weird noises were people crying out. And he was like, what is going on? What is wrong? Right? And they told them, we just got a message, right, from the city. They said that the king of the, of the Ammonites, his name was Nahash, he has come to capture the people. Ammonite, it's a group of people. That's like their names. Yeah, good job. Yes, the group of, the, yeah, the king came, right? And he said that he wanted to take over them and capture them. And he told them, if nobody comes to rescue you, yes, ma'am? Oh, a boo-boo, I'm so sorry. Okay, so if nobody comes to rescue them, right, that they're going to have to do whatever Nahash says. And he was not a nice king, right? So Saul, in 1 Samuel eleven six, 6, it tells us what happened next. It says, when Saul heard their words, the Spirit of God came powerfully upon him, and he burned with anger, right? And then he sent messengers to all of God's people, all of the tribes, right? Saying, you must come and help me. You must come and help me and fight King Nahash. And the people were very kind to one another. And they said, yes, we will go with you. So Saul, guys, Saul sent a message to the city, right? Telling them, we are coming tomorrow. And the people were very happy. And they sent a message to King Nahash saying, we will meet you at battle tomorrow, right? 
So the next day came, and Saul and all of God's army went into the city. They found where Nahash's army was, and guess what happened? They disappeared. They ran away, right? And Saul told them, today the Lord has delivered Israel from their enemies. Isn't that exciting? And the people made Saul their king, and they thanked the Lord, and they celebrated And that's something that we can do too. We can celebrate because God sent his son, Jesus, to be our king forever. Isn't that great? Because Jesus saves us from death and sin. Very good. Excellent. Very good. Excellent job, guys. Good. So now we're going to say the Bible verse together. Okay, ready? You can repeat after me. Yes, sir. Yesterday, I had horrible mosquito bites yesterday, and there was, like, mosquitoes flying over me. Yes. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yes, mosquitoes are not our friends sometimes, right? You too? Oh, I know. I'm so sorry. I know. They're so hard. I know. I get it. Pastor Georgina, why in the world did they put mosquitoes on the ark? I want to know. Oh, Oh, my gosh. I don't know. So maybe so that we can always ask the Lord for help. What do you think? <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Thank you. Okay. You guys ready? Nice and loud so that everyone can hear us. Okay. First Samuel 11, 6. First Samuel 11, 6. When Saul heard... When Saul heard... Their words... Words. The Spirit... The Spirit... Of God... Of God... Came powerfully... Came powerfully... Upon them... Upon them... And he burned... And he burned... With anger... With anger... Good job, everyone. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And while that's happening, you know what? Hey, kids, can you help me? There's a birthday. We're going to sing happy birthday. Do you know whose birthday it is? It's Pastor Georgina's birthday. So we're going to sing her happy birthday, okay? So, ooh, and she's got a cake, too. Look at this. You can eat that all by yourself, all in one sitting. Here we go. Are you ready? Yes. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Nina. Happy birthday to you. Very nice. Yeah. I can All right, Pastor Georgina is going to pray for you. Awful. And then you're going to Children's Church. We're going to pray. You ready? Let's bow our heads and pray. Father in heaven, we're so thankful, Lord God, that you keep us safe, Lord God, even when mosquitoes come, Lord. And Lord, we thank you, Father, that you are our king forever and ever, Lord God. And I pray that the little ones will understand what that means, Lord God, that you just love them so much, Lord God, that in you, Lord God, they can find refuge and strength to face anything. In Jesus' name, what do we say, guys? Amen. Very good. Have a good time.
a lot of that microphone chatter is coming from children related to me. Reed was talking about mosquitoes. He had these mosquito bites. That's why I said what I said. There we go. He had four mosquitoes bites. They were awful. Yes, he was. He wanted us to. He wanted to share that with us. <laughs> That's funny. Welcome to the vineyard. Very glad that you're with us today. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy to have you here as well. As we continue to press in, the children remind me. Uh, I want to say this first. So. This week, we have our vacation Bible school for children ages 3 through 11, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, three days, from like 8.30 to 12.30. And so, hey, if you know any kids, 3 through 11, have them sign up and come. It's going to be a blast. It's all free. Also, we still need a little help. We could use some volunteers. And I think some people hold back because, you know, uh, I, I can't teach kids or whatever. We also need, like, people that roam and people that keep the foyers secure and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of other tasks. And so if you could help for a day or for all three days or whatever, whatever we could get, that would be great. You can either let us know on the app or you can find Pastor Georgina or one of us and say, hey, I can be here and I can help. That would be really cool. All right. So, so thank you for that. We're going to have fun doing that. We haven't been able to have a long VBS for several years now. We've done some one-day ones, but haven't been able to get back to our summer VBS, so we're excited to get that going again. Those things you have to build, right? They take momentum, and we've got to get it started again. So that's coming up. If you are a first-time guest, if you pointed your smart device at that code, uh, a link will pop up on your phone, and if you have the camera on, and that will take you to our digital connect card. We'd love for you to fill that out. Name, phone number, email address. If you do that, you will get texts and emails from us over the next five or six weeks. And uh, that would be great. Also, we have a gift for all of first-time guests back at Guest Services. If you didn't get one on the way in, stop by and get one on the way out. So that's very cool. We are continuing to pray for our neighbors. This is something that I encourage you to do all the time, driving into your neighborhood, driving out of your neighborhood, walking around, just lift them up to the Lord. And then when we gather, we do that corporately. And um, if you would just sort of think of one or two of your neighbors right now, kind of get them in your mind's eye, if you would, and let's go to the throne. Papa, we pray for our neighbors. We lift them up to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways and that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. And God, help us to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well, and bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep on praying for your neighbors. Makes it, it, that's, the, that's our go-to. Prayer is our go-to. It's not our last resort. It's the first one. And we continue to pray. My heart is now and has been for years and years that we will continue to see hundreds and thousands of people in this area come into relationship with Jesus. And so keep it up and keep praying. We are pressing in and continuing on in a series we're doing on the fruit of the Spirit. This is part seven. We're actually looking at the sixth one of the fruits listed because I did an intro for one of those. And today we're going to be talking about goodness and what goodness is all about. But before we get there, perhaps less than good are the bad jokes. 
And all of these jokes have this thing in common. Pastor Billy sent them to me uh, over the last season of time. And so uh, if, if you don't like them, please blame Pastor Billy. <laughs> Get ready to pretend like you haven't heard these. I know. Uh, <laughs> what do you call a knight that is afraid to fight? Sir, render. Thank you. Thank you, Billy. Don't forget. We, we got a, a, you know, an aquarium, a nice, uh, you know, fish tank uh, the other day. And it's, it's really fascinating and it's very soothing. I think it's the indoor fins. Wow. Indoor fins. I think that's a matter of opinion. <laughs> what do you call a vegetable that's kind of cool, but not super cool? Radish. Radish. Radicalish. Radish. What if he said, uh, radish ish? No, I don't think that Okay. Works. Well, it just didn't work. Sarah so, liked it. That Did happens. They like it? Oh, well. What are you going to do? Please. This is why you step in and pray for us and read the word and everything is back to where it should be. Right. <laughs> okay. Let's press in and, and pray, shall we, before we read the word together? Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your goodness that is always with us. Father, I thank you that even on our worst day, you are still good. You are good in season and out of season. You are good no matter what. And Papa, I pray that today, as we lean in to the fruits of the Spirit, and as we look at goodness, Father, in your word, we would remember that you are always with us, and that your goodness passes right before our eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? Just two verses today, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You can be seated. So, fruit of the Spirit, and let me uh, remind you again about the fruit of the Spirit, that as you read these things, these are uh, Holy Spirit, God dwelling in it, He's producing in us the, the attributes of God, that's what He does. And this fruit, I, if we're not careful, I think it's something all we have to work at, and, and I think the opposite is true, that This fruit is what's available as we are yielded to Holy Spirit. When we're in step with the Spirit, you know, Paul encouraged to keep in step with the Spirit. These are the things that are just sort of happening in our lives. And for me, uh, when when those aren't being exhibited in my life, it's not that I need to work harder. It means that I need to yield more to Holy Spirit. And and it means I'm a little bit out of step. And so it's it's a reminder to me that, oops, I'm out of step. I want to be in step with Him. And, and so uh, I want to engage in that way so that he continues to produce 
this fruit in me in ways that make a difference. This, this being fruitful has an impact on the kingdom. You know, back in our original vocation, part of it was to be fruitful and multiply. And I, I said to you last week, and it, it still is, you know, in, in all the ways that it means. But I think it also ties in now to uh, this idea of, of being empowered by Holy Spirit, Acts 1, and producing fruit. And then Great Commission stuff, going and making disciples of all nations. We're multiplying that way. We're bringing people into relationship with God. And so all of this is working together in our lives. And we're, we're looking at how this fruit uh, is expressed as we press on and what it means. And we look to Jesus as our model and all these things. And we'll do that again today as we talk about goodness and what goodness is. Another fascinating topic, because I think when you ask people what they think good is, the, there's a lot of definitions, like, you know, what defines, what's a good person? And I could go around the room and ask, I'm not gonna, and everybody would have a different sort of opinion of what, is that, what does a good person look like as opposed to someone that's not a good person, and who's deciding what that looks like? And that's um, th- very sort of, you know, well, I don't, I'm not sure how it works. But fortunately, we, we have a better idea of what this looks like in the Scripture. Uh, in the original language, the word is agathos uh, or agathos, uh, which has this idea of a, a morally pure, but it also means it's, it's pleasing to God and beneficial to others. That's what goodness looks like. And, and that's, we can really see how that sort of happens in the Scripture. In Genesis 1, God saw all that He had made, and it was very good, and there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. And when we can infer from that that, that, um, that this good that God had created was pleasing to him. And so there's that connection with that goodness is something that pleases God. We also know from the Scripture that God is good. Psalm 34, 8, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. And, and how is God good? Well, we, we don't even have time to begin to list all the things that would point towards that, but we know, you know, that God is loving and God is forgiving and God is generous and God, you know, so many of those things that, that it's a picture of what it looks like and that as his children and as those filled with Holy Spirit, that should be who we are more and more becoming. Those things should describe us as well. So goodness is wrapped up in those things. And yet... Uh, I have this definition for goodness of living out goodness that I think is very helpful uh, and can sort of help us get it so that we can live it out practically. And if you've been here for any of the time, you'll have heard me say it before and you'll probably know it as soon as I begin to tell you what I believe the definition could be. But here we go, that goodness is living by doing the next right thing. Most of you know that's what it looks like. And, and I believe that to be very true, that idea. And, and some people have said to me, well, am I just trying to get people to follow rules? No, of course not. It's not about that at all. What this is a picture of, this idea, is about being yielded to Holy Spirit, staying in step with Him, and, and then going as He leads us. And that throughout the course of each of our days, we have lots of opportunities to make choices. And that the... the we can choose to go God's way or we can choose not to. And we do that throughout the day. And hopefully as we continue to grow and press in Him and be led by Him, we're making more and more choices that are His direction, that please God, that are the right choices that impact the world forth. We will still make some choices that we shouldn't. And, and uh, th- that's never good, but it happens. But we know that we can go back to God and 
connect with him and say, hey, you were right, I was wrong, and he empowers us and we, we keep pressing on. But I, I think it's a good sort of working definition. Goodness is living by doing the next right thing, about being yielded to the Holy Spirit in step with him and looking to him and going God's way in our lives. Fortunately, as with all of this fruit, we have a great model in Jesus. And we can look to see how Jesus lived and what he did and what it looks like. And for each of the fruit, that's true. You know, we can look. If you want to know what love looks like being walked out, look at Jesus. If you want to know what joy looks like, look at Jesus. Kindness, patience, peace, look at Jesus. Same is true with goodness. He's our model for life in ministry in every situation. And I thought that we would look together at uh, Jesus' time in the wilderness being tempted to see how he handles it because really it has a lot to do with us when, when we are tempted to do things, which direction are we going to go and how are we going to respond? And that the, the way to go is always by doing the next right thing and we'll watch how Jesus did it and we'll see that there's some uh, similarities between how Jesus is tempted and how we're always tempted and how that works together. So let me set it up a little bit. You know, Jesus was in the wilderness. He'd fasted 40 days. And the enemy comes, and he begins to this little series of temptations. Now, there's three. This is very handy to know, too, is that the enemy uses the same tactics over and over and over again because generally they're very successful. And uh, Jesus will stand up against it. But these same three, there's a third of three big ways, worked great at the fall, so he tries them on Jesus. And he continues to try them because I said they're very successful. And in the scripture, what we're told is that these three sort of main avenues of temptation are the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's in First John. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. And in the fall, it was the, you know, the apple was good for food. The, it was pleasing to the eye back in the fall. That was the, the second one. They, so they went after it. And the pride of life thing is, if you take it, you'll be like God. And they went for it. Well, these three temptations we're going to look at with Jesus are the same. Start with the lust of the flesh. It's going to move to the lust of the eyes, and then it's going to go to the pride of life. Fortunately, with Jesus, he shows us how to stand against it. The other thing you need to see is that the enemy actually uses Scripture in these temptations, which ought to grab your attention. Are we, we have an intelligent enemy who's behind all sorts of things, the powers, principalities, rulers. We're going we're gonna to dive into that deep time, uh, deep way in our next series. I'm excited about what that looks like, looking behind the scenes of what's happening. But be aware that we have an intelligent enemy and he's moving in situations and he kind of knows how to po- poke us to get the reactions that he wants to get us moving in the wrong direction. So be aware of that. He knows scripture, but he twists it just a little. That's why it's important that you know Scripture, because it it almost, when the enemy will use it, it'll sound kind of right and not be right at all. So we need to be aware of those things. He tries all that on Jesus. So let's start. First one, lust of the flesh. The devil says to him, if you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. This is after 40 days of fasting. We can assume that Jesus was hungry. And, and it seems right. And Jesus, creator, you know, the word speaking and everything, could certainly do that. And he's probably hungry. And what the enemy is trying to do in, in this is he's trying to get Jesus to change his focus from his mission and purpose 
into getting himself as what this is most important. He's hungry, and he could feed himself, and then he wouldn't be hungry. So, so the enemy does that, and he knows those weaknesses. He's probably hungry. Tempt him there and see if he can get us. He knows the same thing with us. He's hitting us at our... At our he goes after our weaknesses. But Jesus' response is, it is written, man does not live on bread alone. Uses the scripture, Jesus does, as a, as a sort of defense in, in stopping that attack. It's all about doing the next right thing, and he does it. No, I could get and make myself the focus, but I don't want to be, in this case, I have a bigger purpose and a bigger mission. And so he's successful there, and that sort of defeats that first one, the lust of the flesh. But he doesn't stop there. He comes after with the next one, the lust of the eyes, Luke 4, 5 and 7. The devil led him to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. Shows him this, right? Oh, here's everything, lust of the eyes. And he says to him, I'll give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want. Fascinating claim, and if you've never connected that, what is the enemy saying there is that all the authority has been given to him. If you remember back in creation, God partnered with us and said, you go and be fruitful and go and subdue and do all these things. He gave us the authority to do those things. We surrendered it at the fall, and the enemy stole it and took it then. And he's had it. He had it. Uh, he had to run with it until when? Until Jesus goes to the cross and defeats the power of sin and the power of death, and Jesus takes that authority back. Now, Jesus has it, and he's delegating it to us once again. But at this moment, the enemy is saying, I have it all right now. I'll just give it to you. We can, we can save a lot of time here. All you got to do is worship me. It'll all be yours. Look, look, look and see. Lust of the eyes. And lust of the eyes is about, often it's just about sort of getting us to look for shortcuts, take the easy way out, make some compromises. It's uh, moving us in that direction. And this is what's going on. And fortunately, we know the response Jesus comes with, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. What does Jesus do? Next right thing doesn't fall for him. Well, next one comes along. This is the pride of life. This is the, all these are tough, but anybody ever get poked in the pride of life thing? Oh, it's a biggie, all right? The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. I used to wonder what was going on at that, but if you look at what's happening, so he's at the the temple at the highest point. It, It would be visible to everyone around, all the religious leaders, to all of the people in Jerusalem, everything going on. And uh, the enemy says, look, throw yourself down. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. He's twisting scripture. And they will lift up their hands and you will not strike your foot against a stone. And I think, well, what is is that all about? And what he was saying is, listen, here's what you can do. Jump off and the angels will catch you and everybody will see it in Jerusalem. It'll be, they'll all see it and they're going to have to follow you because that's a pretty big deal. And you can really, you don't have to wander around, uh, you know, everywhere for the next three years with this group of 12 guys who are really a lot of work. <laughs> and and it's the, if you are, listen, why do you have to, if you are the son of God, if you really are, you could do it this way. He's hitting that pride button. And it, it doesn't stop there. That same temptation, he tries it again with Jesus on the cross. We'll come back to how it ends. 
But it, it's an amazing thing there that, that Jesus is on the cross. And listen to the enemy speaking through the crowds and the soldiers and the rulers, trying to get him again with the pride of life. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him, and they said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. And the soldiers also came up and mocked him, and they offered him wine vinegar. If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And there was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews, and one of the criminals who hung there, hurled insults at him. I looked over at my wife because the first two services I said, crinimals. So I didn't have to let everybody know that, but I just did. Aren't you the Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed one, the Christ? Save yourself and us. And there again, I can hear the enemy. He's doing that poke, that, that pride of life things. And, and here's, Jesus could have absolutely saved himself. He could have done all sorts of things. But if he'd saved himself, he couldn't have done what needed to happen to save all of us. And you were the most important thing. You were what was on his mind. You're how he endured the cross. I told you that. You were the joy set before him. He was there because of you. It was his mission. It was why he came to seek and save that which were lost, to, to do what needed to be done. And, and so he, he does what needs to happen. And, it, you know, the response to could have been to this one, but well, certainly the other one about throwing yourself off the temple. It is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Next right thing. He did the next right thing. And that's what we have to understand. He didn't do the easy thing. He didn't do the compromise thing. He didn't do the popular thing. He did the next right thing. And, and that's really the picture of walking this out. It's what goodness looks like. It's how goodness is expressed in our lives. It's, it's doing that. It's yielding to Holy Spirit. It's, it's, you know, moving in the direction He would lead us. This, this is expressed, this idea of goodness is, is most often expressed in doing what's best for others. The, the Bible talks about that as good works or good deeds. And good works and good deeds, they're not something that you do in order to earn salvation because salvation was freely given. It's something that comes as a result of that. Because you are in relationship with Jesus, that we begin to live differently. And the big thing that I always talk about is we, we begin to get ourselves out of the center of the story and understand that it's Jesus' story. He invites us in, and that's where we find life. But we will fight every day because we, want, we get stuck in that place really quick where we're the center of the story, and everything's about us and how it impacts us. Uh, you know, and, and culturally we're driven to that because culturally I'd say the big idea is, you know, I'm going to do what I think is right and what's best for me. And yet, sometimes that's not the way God would have us go. He wants us to think about others as well. And so this, the, the spirit produced fruit of goodness is sort of the opposite of that idea. I love in Romans 12, Paul says this, verse 20, on the contrary, he says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And, and doing this, you'll, you'll heap burning coal. And I think a lot of us would go, if our enemy was hungry and thirsty, we'd go, good. The best place for them to be. They're our enemy. But that's not how it works. God says, listen, uh, you don't overcome, uh, do not be overcome by evil. You don't want to be like that. You overcome evil with good. The next right thing was to, to figure out how to be a blessing to those people that we sometimes consider enemies. And here's again this deeper picture. 
And we're going to dig into this in the next series. We too often focus blame for situations in our life on people. We, we, we want to put it on flesh and blood. We want someone to, to be the target of why things aren't going the way we want. And so we put flesh to those things all the time. Well, the reason I'm experiencing this because of this person or that person or what these people are doing. And in that process, they become our enemies. And yet the reality is there's something behind that. There's something beyond what you're looking at behind the scenes. It's these powers, principalities, and rulers that are causing the huge mess that's going on. And they've been doing it for a very long time. And we need to be aware of it because we, the people who we sometimes put in that place of enemy, they're people who, if they don't know Jesus already, desperately need to know Jesus, and that's what we're here for. It's not all about us. It's this bigger story. And, and so we, we need to be looking at how to step outside of ourselves and see how we can bless people. That's what that says. It says, listen, if they're hungry, thirsty, bless them. Figure out how to bless them. And the, the, the outcome of that, the amazing thing of that is that it's how you overcome evil. The, the amazing fruit of the Spirit, this goodness that's doing is, is one of those key ways in which we actually overcome evil, which is a big part of what we're called to. So more to come on all of these things here in the future, but so far what we've got is we've got love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. We're going to add goodness to that now. And I want you to think about goodness this week. So I have three verses for you to meditate on. If you, these are in the fill-in notes. If you haven't gotten them, if you pointed at that little code that was up there now with your smart device. Again, boom, the fill-in notes will show up, and then you'll have them for these three verses, because I'm not going to unpack them. I just want you to think about them. We are God's handiwork, God's workmanship, God's creation, His masterpiece, His poema, all that's in that word. Created in Christ Jesus, you were created in Jesus to do good works. Well, that's fascinating. Not to earn anything, this is how He created you, that there's these opportunities there, this goodness to flow through you, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is part of the reason that we're here. We're, we're partnering with Him to make a difference in the world. I love this one, 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17. All Scripture is God-breathed. That's powerful. This amazingly, divinely inspired literature that God has given us. Look why He's given it. It's useful for teaching. Cool. Rebuking. Good. Correcting and training and righteousness, all good. So that why? The servant of God, the person of God, may be thoroughly equipped for what? Every good work. That's pretty cool. Last one, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly. I think we all like that. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in what? Every good goodness, this theme is running through there and living it out in practical ways as empowered by Holy Spirit to make a difference in the world. So think about all of those things this week. Next week, we'll be talking about faithfulness, which is going to be cool, the faithfulness of God and how we can be faithful in response. But uh, we're going to end it there. Ministry team, those of you here want to head over to the wall. People on the way over there are here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. Let me say this again. Look, This amazing life that we talk about all starts by knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. He he invites us into his story. And we respond to the invitation by believing in our hearts and confessing with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. And if you've never done that, I want to encourage you, do it now. Best decision you will ever make. It's just, Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? 
Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? And that's really the beginning of everything. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't ever done it, do it right now. Best decision you will ever make in your lives. Amen. During worship, the Lord showed me um, someone, and it's, it's, a, it's a woman, I believe, and someone spoke really hurtful words o- over you. And what they said was, you're not worth it. You're not worth it. And I just saw the Lord looking right into your eyes and saying, you are so worth it. You are so worth it. So receive that. If that, that thing that's hanging over you is a lie that whoever said that to you. So if you're online or here, may you be blessed by that today. Amen. Good word. Powerful. Thank you. God is good. He's amazing, really. Just love uh, sensing his presence and Holy Spirit just kind of here with us as he always is. But I'm just kind of moving on some folks right now. It's just like like some of you, there's just like this peace coming on you right now. And there's there's a freshness coming on you. Just let that sort of fall on you right now. Receive what he's doing in you. It's just a nice connection. And we're so thankful, God, for your faithfulness to us and the way that you love us. You are so, so good. Church, thanks again for your amazing generosity. We love partnering with you on this journey, and we appreciate you for your faithfulness to giving and offering and tithing and all that really cool, cool stuff. Uh, the kids are getting ready, so we need to sing doxology. Oh, I almost forgot. I mentioned VBS. Right after we're done here, in another two minutes, if any of you can help us stack these chairs in stacks of six and begin to move them away, and Douglas will pop down here and grab a mic and direct it so that we can start preparing for VBS, that would be really, really helpful. Please don't do that if that's going to hurt you in any way, shape, or form. If you've got a week back or something, don't do it. But if you can help, um, we'll give you some direction. And it won't take long if we get a group doing it and we'll get everything stacked and moved. That would be really, really cool. Doxology. Steve has spoken enough. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Prayer will be over there. Those doors will be open so you can head out that way. It looks like a very nice day. Get out there. Catch some fish. Have a great day. Hope your team wins. If you can stay for a few minutes and help us stack chairs and get things put away, that would be cool. If not, we love you guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. And thanks for watching online. And uh, happy to have you with the grandsons. Oh, the food truck is back because it got like maybe a little broken. Yeah, it did, but now it's working. That's very. Are you coming to VBS, Stevie? Yep. yep. I think I am. Yeah. All right. We'll probably have a video of that next Sunday. Three days. Yeah, three days. Three days. Love you guys. Have a great one. Say we'll bye. See you soon. Bye.